0: Good morning, readers. Today is Friday, March 19th, and you're listening to First Chapter Fridays, presented by the Baker Free Library. My name is Juliana, and I am the library's youth services librarian. Welcome to this week's program. To skip this introduction, please jump ahead to the next segment. Every Friday, I'll be sharing the first chapter of a middle grade book with you. Middle grade books are designed for readers aged 8 to 12, but they can be enjoyed by readers of every age. We hope that this program will introduce you to authors and titles you've never read or considered before. If you like today's chapter, you can place a reserve on the featured book using the library's catalog or by calling the library at 224-7113. If you'd like something to do while you listen, head to the library's website, bowbakerfreelibrary.org. On the 4Kids page, listed under Events and Programs, you'll find a link to an active listening worksheet that you can download and print. While you're listening today, jot down any thoughts, questions, or ideas you have about the story. You can also draw, doodle, pick up your room, build with Legos, or work on a craft project while you listen. Okay readers, let's jump into today's story. This week, we're changing things up with a new fantasy-inspired adventure story. Travel along with siblings Kate and Tom as they set off on an incredible journey in The Silver Arrow by Lev Grossman. Kate and her younger brother Tom lead dull, uninteresting lives, and if their dull, uninteresting parents are anything to go by, they don't have much to look forward to. Why can't Kate have thrilling adventures and save the world the way people do in books? Even her 11th birthday is shaping up to be mundane. That is, until her mysterious and highly irresponsible Uncle Herbert, whom she's never met before, surprises her with the most unexpected, exhilarating, and inappropriate birthday present of all time, a colossal steam locomotive called the Silver Arrow. Kate's parents want to send it right back where it came from, but Kate has other ideas, and so does the Silver Arrow. And soon, she and Tom are off along magical rail lines to distant lands with a trainload of exotic animals. And who knows? They might just end up saving the world after all. Want to hear more of this story? Let's dive into the first chapter of The Silver Arrow by Lev Grossman. Chapter 1. Uncle Herbert is a Bad Person Kate knew only two things about her Uncle Herbert. He was very rich and totally irresponsible. That was it. You'd think there would have been more. He was her uncle after all. But the thing was, she'd never actually met Uncle Herbert. She'd never even seen a picture of him. He was her mother's brother, and her mother and Uncle Herbert didn't get along. Which was weird when you thought about it. I mean, Kate had a younger brother, Tom, and he was gross and horrible, but she couldn't imagine not actually seeing him every once in a while. But apparently, with grown-ups, that was a thing. Uncle Herbert never came to visit. He never called. Where did he live? What did he do all day? Kate imagined him doing weird rich people things, like traveling to remote islands and collecting rare exotic pets and, I don't know, buying an entire gingerbread house and eating it all by himself. That's what she would have done. But it was all a big mystery. The only thing Kate's parents were clear on was that Uncle Herbert was lazy, and that he had too much money and no sense of responsibility. It made Kate wonder how such a lazy, irresponsible person could have gotten his hands on all that money to begin with. But adults never explained contradictions like that. They only ever changed the subject. Which isn't to say that Kate's parents were bad parents. They really weren't. Parenting just never seemed to be right at the top of their list of priorities. They went to work early and came home late, and even when they were home, they were always staring at their phones and their computers and making serious worky faces. Unlike Uncle Herbert, they worked all the time and were extremely responsible, though they never seemed to have much money to show for it. Maybe that's why he annoyed them so much. Either way, they never seemed to have much time for Kate. Kate had plenty of time for Kate, though. Sometimes it seemed like too much. She rode her bike and played video games and did her homework and played with her friends, and once in a while she even played with Tom. She wasn't one of the kids in her class who had a special talent, like drawing or juggling four beanbags at once, or identifying rare mushrooms and telling the difference between the ones you could eat and the ones that would kill you, though she often wished she was. She read a lot. She had to be told, with tiresome frequency, to close her book during dinner. Her parents sent her to piano lessons and tennis lessons. They sent Tom to cello lessons and have keto lessons. But some days, as she pounded away at the mahogany upright in the living room or punished the garage door with her forehands and backhands, Kate found herself feeling restless, impatient. What was the point? She was young enough that all she had to do was kid things, but she was also getting old enough that she wanted to do more than play games and pretend. She felt ready for something more exciting, more real. Something that actually mattered. But there wasn't anything, just toys and games and tennis and piano. Life always seemed so interesting in books, but then when you actually had to live it, nothing all that interesting ever seemed to happen. And unlike in books, you couldn't skip ahead past the boring parts. That's probably why, on the night before her 11th birthday, Kate sat down and wrote her Uncle Herbert a letter. It went like this Dear Uncle Herbert, You've never met me, but I'm your niece, Kate, and since it is my birthday tomorrow and you are super rich, do you think you could please send me a present? Warmly, Kate. Reading it over, she wasn't sure it was the greatest letter anybody had ever written, and she wasn't 100% sure that the word please was in the right place. But she thought it contained her personal truth, which her language arts teacher always said was the important thing. So she put it in the mailbox. Probably nobody would ever read it anyway because she hadn't put an address on the envelope because she didn't know where Uncle Herbert lived. She didn't even have a stamp for it. Which made it all the more surprising when a present from Uncle Herbert arrived the very next morning. It was a train. Kate didn't especially want a train. It's not like she was into trains. That was more of a Tom thing. Kate was more about books, and Legos, and animals, those cute little animals that drove vans, which everybody in her class was insane about, and which she liked, too, for some reason that she couldn't really explain. But after all, she hadn't asked for anything specific, and she guessed that her uncle probably didn't have much experience with kids. So, Kate tried to be philosophical about these things. What was really surprising, though, was how big it was. I mean, this thing was really big, like, too big to send through the mail. It arrived at their house on a specially-reinforced, double-wide flatbed truck with 28 wheels, Tom counted. It was giant and black and incredibly complicated. In fact, it didn't look like a toy at all. It looked like an actual, real-life steam train. That, Uncle Herbert explained, was because it was. Uncle Herbert had come to deliver it personally, in a banana-yellow Tesla so insanely sleek and tricked out, it looked like one of Tom's Hot Wheels. He was fat, with thinning brown hair and a round, mild-mannered face. He looked like a history teacher or somebody who might take tickets at an amusement park. He wore shiny blue leather shoes and a banana yellow suit that perfectly matched his car. Kate and Tom came running out to stare at the train. Kate had lots of straight brown hair cut to the length of her chin and a sharp little nose that gave her a slightly princessy look, though she wasn't really especially princessy. Tom's hair was short and blonde and tufty, "'like a guinea pig that just woke up, "'but he had that same nose, "'which on him looked princely instead. "'She was so surprised, "'she couldn't think of anything to say. "'That is a really big train,' "'was all she came up with. "'It would have to do.' "'It's not a whole train,' "'Uncle Herbert said modestly. "'Just the engine and a tender. "'That's the coal car right behind it.' "'How much does it weigh?' "'Tom asked. hundred tons,' "'Uncle Herbert said crisply. "'What exactly?' Kate said, like it literally weighs exactly 100 tons. Well, no, Uncle Herbert said. It weighs 102 tons, 102.36. You're right to be suspicious of overly round numbers. I thought so, said Kate, who was. You really don't appreciate how incredibly colossal a steam locomotive is till one shows up parked on the street in front of your house. This one was about 15 feet high and 50 feet long, and it had a headlight and a smokestack and a bell and a whole lot of pipes and pistons and rods and valve handles on it. The wheels alone were twice her height. Kate's father came out of the house, too. In fact, most of the people on their street came out to look at the train. He put his hands on his hips. Herbert, he said, what the blazes is this? He didn't really say blazes, but you can't put the word he did say in a book for children. It's a train. Uncle Herbert said, a steam train. I can see that, but what's it doing here, on a truck, so very close to my house? It's a present for Kate and Tom, I guess, if she wants to share. He turned to Kate and Tom. Sharing is important. Uncle Herbert definitely didn't have much experience with kids. Well, it's a nice gesture, Kate's father said, rubbing his chin. But couldn't you have just sent her a toy? It is a toy. Well, no, Herbert, that's not a toy. That's a real train. I suppose, Uncle Herbert said, but technically if she's going to play with it, then sort of, by definition, it's also a toy, if you think about it. Kate's father stopped and thought about it, which was a tactical error. What he probably should have done, Kate thought, was lose his temper and call the police. Her mother didn't have this problem. She came tearing out of the house, yelling, "'Herbert, you blazing blockhead, what the blaze do you think you're doing here? Get this thing out of here! Kids, get off that train!' She said that last part because while all of this was going on, Kate and Tom had gotten up onto the flatbed truck and were starting to climb up the sides of the train. They couldn't stop themselves. With all the pipes and knobs and spokes and whatnot, it was like rock climbing. They reluctantly got off it and retreated to a safe distance, but Kate still couldn't stop looking at it. It was giant and black and complicated, with lots of fiddly little bits that obviously did interesting things, and a cozy little cab that you can sit in. It looked ominous and fascinating, like a sleeping dinosaur. The longer you looked at it, the more interesting it got. And it was real. It was almost like she'd been waiting for it without knowing it. She kind of loved it. Stenciled along the side of the tender in small white capital letters were the words, The Silver Arrow. That was its name. They'd written it with a long, thin arrow sticking through the letters. And that's the end of the first chapter, readers. If you'd like to hear more of this story, call the library or visit bowbakerfreelibrary.org to reserve The Silver Arrow by Lev Grossman. If you like this story, you might enjoy these other adventures that feature trains. Check out The Train to Impossible Places by P.G. Bell about a train that can travel to anywhere at all, including ocean bottom shipwrecks and outer space. Or you might like The Boundless by Kenneth Opal about one of the greatest trains ever built that just happens to be carrying a traveling circus and a villainous crew. Trains also feature in popular children's series like The Chronicles of Narnia, The Boxcar Children, and The Harry Potter series. Thank you for listening to this episode of First Chapter Fridays. Tune in again next week for another great story.